many of you, after you became adults, which I know some of you are well into your 30s and you're still not there yet, but how many of you, after you entered the adult world, found out there were some things that no one prepared you for? Anybody have that? Yeah. I, it was really interesting. Um, I saw a question that was posed on Reddit where they said, what, what are some adult problems or issues that no one prepared you for when you, when you got there? And it was, it was really funny because, I mean, I could relate to, to most all of them. Uh, they were talking about things like, well, no one, no one prepared me for the fact that dinner was going to have to be fixed every single day. You know, I, I'm used to having somebody do that for me. And it's kind of like, all of a sudden, now I've got to fix dinner. And then kind of connected to that was like, now I have to clean every single day. You know, and it's, uh, all of that stuff. And then one of the big ones, of course, was nobody prepared me for children. And it's like, boy, is any of us prepared? If we knew what raising kids was going to be like, probably the world would be a lot less populated, I guarantee you. But one of the ones that really hit me was actually the first one that they had on the list. And that was, no one gave me a purpose. No one prepared me for the fact that after I got out of high school, I wouldn't know what my purpose was. And they, they went on to say, you know, when I was in school, I was always told what was next, uh, you know, prepare for this test. That was my purpose. Or prepare to get to the next grade or prepare to graduate or prepare to do this. And they said, then I, I graduated and was like, now, now what am I doing? What's my purpose? And when I read that, I, I thought, you know what? One of the things that when we talk about God is, is what I understand is that you will never understand what your purpose really is until you come to know this God for yourself. You see, God was the one who created you. He was the one who made you who you are. And so you will, you'll never really know what your purpose is in life until you fully discover God, especially through receiving his son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior and letting his spirit live out his life through you. Jeremiah says, I know the plans I have for you. And they're plans for good, not for evil. They're plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, I don't know if you have discovered your purpose in life, but, but here's what I want to say to you today. Your purpose is more than just a role that you're to fill, uh, and it's more than just a place to serve. Now, again, Paul says that in Corinthians that we are all a part of the body of Christ and, and that all of us have been given spiritual gifts and we all are supposed to be active and serving. But, but even beyond all of that, did you know that every single day of your life, God wants you to let his spirit flow through you to accomplish his purposes in the world around you? Well, that's what I want to talk about today, that God is purpose. Now, if you want to take your outline out, if you want to track along with me, or if you want to doodle to keep yourself awake, whatever works for you today, now you can do that. I want to, I want to look at a scripture. Uh, if you grew up around the church, it's one that you'll, you'll know uh, fairly well. It's from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. This is from the New Living Translation. Would you mind reading this out loud with me, please? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Now, I want to I zero in on that last part of that verse again. Seek his will in all you do, 
and he will show you what path to take. What if one of our daily prayers became, Lord, um, what is your will for me today? What is it that you are up to? What is it that you're wanting to do, not just in me, but through me today? Now, one of the discoveries I, I want you to make in all of this is that God wants to do more than save us. God wants to give our lives significance. God wants to do more than save us. You know, so often in the church, you know, we talk about this idea of receiving Christ as our Savior, being forgiven for our past, and being cleansed. And that is a, an incredible, wonderful experience. But don't think for a moment that that is the end of the matter. You know, Jesus, when he, when he was calling his disciples, didn't just say, let me save you. What did he say to them? Follow me. Follow me. And that's the, the, that accepting Christ is just the beginning of the journey. And Christ wants us to follow him all the days of our life so that he can live his lives out through us. Just a question, but, but if, you, if you were to die today, God forbid, but if you were to die today, if you knew that you were taking your last breaths right now, would your life have mattered? Do you know without a shadow of a doubt that you have allowed God to impact and influence other people through his spirit for eternity in the life that you've had to live? Well, here's what I want to challenge you with today. I believe you can do that every single day of your life. Here's the great news. You don't have to be a pastor to have significance in your life. You don't have to have a college degree. You don't have to have a, a, you know, a seminary education. All you need to do is make yourself available to the Holy Spirit of God. And you know what? Great things can happen through you. That's what I want to talk about. You say, well, Pastor Steve, how does that work? Let me give you just a couple of thoughts. You ready? Here we go. Here's the first one. Ask God to give you his eyes and heart. Ask God to give you his eyes eyes, and heart. Did you ever notice in the Gospels how differently Jesus saw the world than his disciples or than the religious leaders? Did you ever notice when they had these encounters how they were always kind of perplexed and, uh, as, as why Jesus was open to certain people and why he was being so nice to people who were so bad and, and it didn't make sense to them. In fact, the whole story of Levi, the tax collector that Jesus told to follow him, if you follow that storyline, you know, he goes home and, they, and Levi has this party where he invites all of his very sinful friends, people that the Bible says were notorious for sinning. And as they were getting together and Jesus was speaking to them and teaching them, the, the religious leaders got all upset and they told the disciples, what, what is your master doing? You know, it's crazy. He's, he's handing out, does he know these, who these kind of people are? Do you remember, you remember how Jesus responded? He said, you know what? It's not, it's not the healthy that need a doctor. It's the sick. And that's, what I've, that's why I've came. That's the whole reason I came. It's so funny how so much of the religious world sees people as bad, and Jesus simply sees them as lost. What would happen for you if, if God really gave you his eyes and heart? How differently would you see your family? How differently would you see the people at work? How differently would you see the people at school? How differently would you see the people that you encounter every single day? 
I, I love in Matthew chapter 9, you get a great example of it. Read it out loud with me, the first part of that, that passage. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Now, if you're taking notes, go ahead and circle that word compassion and circle that little phrase, confused and helpless, because that gives you an insight as to how Jesus looked at people. It says, when he saw him, his heart was moved for them. Why? Because he didn't see them as bad people. He didn't see them as stupid people. He didn't see them as, as, as people who were innately. What Jesus knew, Jesus knew the story of their lives. And if we knew the story of people's lives, I guarantee you, we'd be a lot more sensitive to people than we are. Because Jesus saw them as confused and helpless. They're like sheep without a shepherd, and that changed how he responded to them. And you know what? It would change it for us. There is a, a, a great story in the news that some of you I know, you've had to have seen this. Throw that picture up on the screen. That young man's name is, is Devyon Johnson. He's a, a sixth grader from Muskogee. And a great kid, everybody, his principal and everybody described him as just a, an incredible, fine young man who just has a great heart for people, all that kind of, all that kind of stuff. Um, but he has wanted, he's in sixth grade, he has wanted since he was six years old to be an EMT. His uncle was an EMT, and his uncle used to tell him about stories of rescuing people, and, and his uncle turned him on to YouTube videos on, you know, how to help somebody who's drowning and all this different kinds of stuff, and he used to watch this all, all of his growing up days now at sixth grade, to, you know, the great age of sixth grade, you know, he's, he's, he's wanted to be an EMT. Well, on December 9th, this just a, a month ago, he was at school, and he was standing next to the water fountain, and all of a sudden, he heard this kid choking. And he turned, and there was a seventh grader who had, uh, the seventh graders would, took a water bottle and opened it with his mouth. And when he did, he swallowed the ball cap, or the bottle cap. And so he's got this bottle cap lodged in his throat, and he's choking to death, and everybody's kind of standing out, freaking out. Well, Devyon, he's seen the videos on this, man. You know, he, he knows how to do the Heimlich. And so while everybody was freezing and teachers are calling 911, Devyon grabs this kid from behind and he goes, boom, boom. And on the third one, boom. And when he squeezed him, pop, that bottle cap comes popping out. And uh, the boy sat on the floor and the teachers came, the medics came, and he was fine. He, the kid was fine and, and, and everyone, and, and Devyon instantly became a hero. You know, instantly became a hero. Of course, after the school was talking about him, and they called his mother to tell him what had happened and how proud they were of him and all, and all this kind of stuff. And when, when Devyan got home, of course, his mom lavished her love all over him. Like, You're, I'm so proud of you. You did all this. And you would think that would be enough for a day. Well, he went home and he ate, and his family uh, went to church on Wednesday nights, and that was a Wednesday. And so they were on their way to church, and as they're driving through a neighborhood, he sees smoke coming out of the back of a house. And he yells at his mom to stop the car. And she, he's why? He said, he goes, look back there. And he said, he goes, oh, somebody's burning a fire back there. He goes, no, mom, I think the house is on fire. And she turns around and goes, and sure enough, the back of this house is going up in flames. And there's nobody coming out of the house. And they don't know if anybody's home. Her mom pulls up. His mom pulls up in the driveway. She starts honking the horn. And nothing happens. Debian jumps out of the car. And he goes up and he starts pounding on the front door of the house. 
And people come and he goes, the back of your house is on fire. And of course, then, man, the doors fly open and these people come pouring out. Five of them go out the door. Now, Debian, the sixth grader, just stands there by the door as people are walking by, you know, going by, rushing out. He looks inside and there's this elderly woman who uh, is, it has a walker and she can't get up and get going and nobody's helping her. And so Devyon runs into this burning house, helps this woman in her walker, helps her out the door and all the way to her car. Devyon gets in the car with his mom and they head off to church just as the firefighters got there and start putting out this, this, this big fire. And of course, as you can imagine, how many of you saw this on the news? It's on the story. Yeah, I mean, he was, he's been all over television and all over the radio. But what was funny is making a big deal. Throw that next picture up on the screen. The, this is the Muskogee Board of Education. They gave him a, a special award. Um, throw that next picture up. This is the uh, sheriff's department. They gave him, made, him an, made him an honorary deputy, you know, all this kind of stuff. And the police department did the same thing. And the, you know, all, this, all these different, all these. But Devion, it was so funny because Devion was like, you know, he's asking his mom, what's the big deal? I don't understand why everyone's making such a face, I, uh, making such a fuss. He said, I only did the right thing to do. Did you hear that? I only did the right thing to do. You see, Devion saw with different eyes than the rest of people. And while other people were wondering, is somebody gonna do something? Devron's eyes of compassion and urgency caused him to step in where no one else did. I thought this was so cool. Throw that next picture up on the screen. The only person that Devion wanted to tell about what happened was his father. Devin's father died last August uh, from COVID. But when Devin, Devin was eight years old, he and his mother and his father were riding in a car and they went by a burning apartment complex. And when they saw the complex on fire, Devin's father jumped out of the car, ran into this burning apartment complex to make sure that everybody else was out. And that was the model that Devin lived with the rest of his life. He wanted to be like his father. What if we had that same attitude to say, I want to be like my father? I put the statement on your outline. Jesus wants us to see as he sees so that we can love as he loves and do what he did. Amen? You bet. Let me give you another frame to look at this with. View the places that you work, frequent, uh, work, uh, live, work, and frequent as your parish. Let that sink in for a second. View the places you live, work, and frequent as your parish. I love this verse of scripture. Revelation chapter 1, verse 6. Read it out loud with me. He has made us a kingdom of priests. For God, his Father. He has made us a kingdom of what? Priests. Priest. It's the same vein that Paul uses in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 where he says, we are therefore ambassadors for Christ. In other words, we are the ones who get to stand between this world and God and we get to act on God's behalf everywhere we go. But let this blow your mind for a moment. What if tomorrow morning when you got up, instead of looking at your job as simply a job you went to, what if you looked at it as your parish? 
What if you looked at it and said, you know what, these people where I work, they are my congregation. I get to deal with them just like Pastor Steve gets to deal with his congregation. And some of them are very alike. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, get, I, get to, I get to serve them. I get to, be, I get to act on God's behalf to them. But what if when you went to school, you, instead of just looking at it as a school, what if, what if you saw yourself as a priest of God on having an opportunity to touch people with the presence of God wherever you went? What if wherever you went to the gym or wherever you went to shop or, or, or went, to, went to do business, what if you saw all those places as your parish where God wanted to use you as his ambassador? I, I love how Jesus framed it for Peter when he called Peter to be his, his disciple, he said, Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, what are you going to be doing? You'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything to follow Jesus. You know, we don't have to leave everything to follow Jesus for Jesus to use us. All you need to do is make sure that you've got Jesus with you wherever you go. Because wherever you go, that is your parish for God. There's another uh, just really, really cool story. Throw that picture up on the screen. Um, this young lady, her name is Jenny. Um, and Jenny Teletsian uh, is uh, an immigrant from uh, Ethiopia. She came over to America uh, some 20 plus years ago. And she worked for Prime Technologies, had a good job. Uh, she's married, has two college age kids. But uh, a few years back, she decided to become an Uber driver in addition to her job at Prime Technologies. Think about this. Not because she needed the money. She had a great job that paid well. She became an Uber driver for two reasons. One, so that she could make extra money to send back to an orphanage in Ethiopia that she had been a part of when she was there. But the second reason, so that she would have an opportunity to witness for Jesus Christ. And so whenever Jenny would get a call to pick someone up, she would engage him in conversation. Throw that next slide up there for me. She would have him in, you know, in the car, and she would talk about family. She would talk about jobs. She would talk about what they were dealing with. And through her questions, she would find out a little bit about the person. And Jenny would always find a way to help people understand how Jesus could make their life better. You know, you're in an Uber car. you got a captive audience. You know, they're not going, they're not going anywhere. And so she just would use that as a chance just to, just to have a, an opportunity to be an effervescent presence for Jesus to wherever she go. She got a call one day. Throw that next picture up. She got a call one day from this man. His name is Paul Webb. And Paul's an 88-year-old man who um, is beginning, beginning stages of dementia, who couldn't drive anymore. And so he called Jenny and asked her to take him to the grocery store, and she did. And as they drove, they talked, and just really hit it off well. And he began to talk about the challenges of living alone. And, and Jenny said, you know, I just found him to be so wise. And, and they loved the conversations. And by the time she picked him up and took him home, she said, you know what? If you ever need a ride, just call me. She gave him her card and said, feel free to call me direct, and, and I'll be happy to come get you. And so he did. And so over the course of, of the next several months, uh, she, he would call her, and she would take him wherever he needed to go. Along the way... 
Uh, she began to bring meals to him once in a while. Uh, she started having taken him out for lunch once in a while. Uh, she got to know his family. Throw that picture up on the screen. That's his son, Randy, and got to know his son and his daughter. And uh, they just loved Jenny and loved the fact that there was somebody else other than them in their father's life who truly seemed to care about her dad, about their dad. And then one day along the way, Jenny just made this decision. She said, you know, as I've watched older people, I've seen so many, other, so many older people grow old and die alone. And I didn't want Paul to die alone. And so she made this decision to quit her job at Prime Technologies to be his full-time caretaker. Throw that next picture up on the screen. And so she began to take care of Paul day by day. Leaving, again, leaving a, a much better job. She making less than half of what she was making at her, at her former job to, to care for him. Now, why in the world would someone do this? This is, what, this is what Jenny said. I just thought this was so cool. She said, sometimes you don't know what you were created for. I was created for taking care of others. What if... We viewed our world as a parish like Jenny did. What kind of impact would we have? Can I give you one more? If you really want the purposes of God being lived out through your life, then pay attention to the nudges of God's Holy Spirit. Pay attention to the nudges of God's Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about your journey with God. What I've discovered in my own walk with God is God rarely starts waving flags in front of me. Uh, he rarely, you know, makes a lot of noise or plays loud trumpets. What, what I've discovered in my own journey with God is that his Holy Spirit is very subtle and gives nudges to do this or to do that. Some of you have experienced that. Have you ever felt the nudge from God to maybe call someone who comes to your mind? You don't know why you should call them but you just feel like God wants you to call them or, or to send a card or to send a note of encouragement or, 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 or to reach out to someone. What's, what's that all about? Here's the deal. God isn't just right here. He's out there. Amen? He, he's out there. And God wants to use us, again, as his ambassadors to do his work. I, I love what the Psalm 32, 8 says. David says, the Lord says, read it with me, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Now, how does God advise you? Through the nudges of his Holy Spirit. Did you know that everywhere you go today, tomorrow, the day after, did you know that everywhere you go, God is already there? And can I tell you something else? God is up to something. He's up to something. Here's what's so cool. Every once in a while, we get the privilege of stepping into a story that God has already begun. All we have to do is listen to the nudges of his Holy Spirit and be obedient to do that. How easy is it? I saw this testimony a couple weeks ago, and um, I just, it just blew me away. The gal you're going you're gonna to hear from in just a moment on this video is, She's a, a FedEx driver. And I just thought it was so cool because you know how often when God's nudging us, we make a thousand excuses why we can't do it. I'm too busy. 
Uh, I, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And we have all these doubts and all these fears, and we think of a thousand excuses. And I, and I thought it was so cool how this young lady who's a FedEx driver was, was nudged by God and finally had to give in, and how cool it was that God used this, and she stepped in to one of the stories of God. Play that video for me, would you? Hey, everyone. As you can tell, I'm at work. I just had to pull over and share something real quick. Um, as I'm delivering, uh, I pull up to this house. The lady walks out because she's checking her, her mailbox for her newspaper. And I have two boxes for her, so we start walking up the driveway together. And she asked me if I had a happy holidays. And I was telling her how busy it was. I told her I had a, a really great uh, Christmas and New Year's. And I, I asked her the same. I was like, how was your holidays? And with tears in her eyes, she said it wasn't good. And um, she said, he's sick. My husband's sick. He has cancer. I continued a small talk to try to change the subject because that's awkward. And uh, I deliver her package. She said, what's your name? I said, Amanda. And she told me her name. I drove off. Um, my heart's pounding. I, I do probably 20 more stops and I have to go back. Um, you know, with this kind of job, we're on a, a tight schedule. Um, quicker you do it, the better. Quicker you get home. I stopped what I was doing. I went back to that neighborhood and rang her doorbell and uh, asked her. She came down the stairs, and uh, she had tears in her eyes. When she saw it was me, she smiled. And I said, ma'am, can I pray with you? And she just broke down. She came out on the front porch and squeezed me so tight. Um, this lady I've never met. She held my hand so tight, and I prayed for her and her family and for her husband. And the point of this is, is a lot of people want the Lord to use them. And, and for me as an example, I pray every day for the Lord to use me. But when he's, he's trying to use you or when you feel that call and that, that tug on your heartstrings, do you move your feet? Do you move? Because I easily could have just went... I have a hundred stops. I easily could have just went about the rest of my day thinking about it. So when you feel those tugs on your, on your heartstrings and you feel like you need to do this, stop and do it. You know what I mean? Um, oh man, that was like the most genuine hug I've received in a long time. And I just want to share that with you guys. If you, if you're praying for the Lord to help, and to use you in people's situations, when he is giving you a chance, do it. If not, you're gonna you're gonna continue to think about it and think about it and regret it. Like, so be sure you know what you're praying for when you're praying. I don't know. I just it, it made me sad, but yet it made my day. To this lady was just so alone. But anyway, you guys have a good day. This was not a pastor. This was not someone with a Bible college education. Young lady drove a FedEx truck. But she loved the Lord. She prayed every day that God would use her. And sometimes, like, I think she's right. I think sometimes we pray that prayer without any real expectation of what that might look like. And sometimes it's a lot more simple than we think. I, I love how she said that. She said, you know, if you pray that prayer and God, feel the nudge of God, move, move your feet, 
do what God is asking you to do. You know, when I watch this story, I mean, you guys know me. I'm, I'm bawling like a baby when I'm watching this. And I kept thinking to myself, I wonder how many of those women like that, like the woman she prayed for, I wonder how many of them go unprayed for? How many of them go unencouraged? How many of them don't get the touch of God? Because even when God nudges our heart, we walk by. I don't know about you, but I want God to fulfill his purposes through my life. Not just as a pastor, but as I live my life out every day. Father, we confess that we often forget that everywhere we go, every situation we find ourselves in, you're already there. And you're up to something. There are people that you want to have touched. There are people that you need encouraged. There are people like this woman in the video, Lord, that need someone that will pray with them and let them know that there's a God who cares and a God who hears. And Lord, you've invited us to be a part of that process. And so today, oh Lord, that song is our prayer. Let your Holy Spirit fall fresh upon us. Give us your eyes. Give us your heart. Give us the courage to step outside of ourselves and and know that you have purposes for our lives that have so much more to do than our careers or jobs or vocations. Lord, you are up to some eternal business all around us. And we are your hands. We are your feet. We are your ambassadors. We are the priests of your kingdom. So here we are, Lord. Fill us to overflowing and use us, we pray. In the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we ask. And everyone says, amen.